have to say, the thing that I absolutely hate is the up and down. Have you ever met somebody that, mm. or been introduced or walked by somebody, and usually it's a woman-on-woman crime, not always, mm. but it's the the up and down. Mm-hmm. It's the judgment, and it's a, the and I'm talking about the up and down that isn't followed by, oh my god, I love your shoes, or that's a great shirt, or did you get a haircut like bomb? Mm-hmm. It's like the up and down. I'm letting you know that there's some kind of judgment happening, whether it's like looks or you know could be what you're wearing could just be your general beautiful face but somebody is giving you the up and down it happened to me yesterday Mm-mm. and I hated it and Kim and I were talking about this whole idea of judgment and I was like man I hate that I hate that so much and there's I don't know that there's like a good follow-up to the up and down but I don't know if you guys have experienced that uh, definitely have experienced that. And I think, uh, I think it's the, the greater theme I think that comes along with the woman on woman crime of the up and down is like, why do women do this to each other? Mm-hmm. We already know how hard it is to be a woman in this world. Why, why are we so terrible to one another? Right. You know, I, I have a thought about that. This is Ooh, not my highest me. self speaking. But I think okay, it's great. exactly that. I think it's we know how hard it is. So when I see a woman who looks like she's got herself together, I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> how did you do that? <laughs> That's not fair. Your hair is done. Your makeup's flawless. You're pushing like twins in a stroller and you're jogging. How? So that's where my judgment comes from. So Joy, so Joy, you're telling me I looked really great yesterday. You looked really great. I mean, are we we your best friends? Yes, clearly. (laughs) Maybe. Is that the, is that the truth of the matter? Is that the up and down is, is a source of envy because you are rocking it? Maybe. That's what I like to think. Or maybe I, that person was having a bad day. You know, like, uh, shout out to people who like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'll be honest, that's not always me. But maybe <laughs> someone's, like, we've all been there where you've had a really bad day. And, yeah, I think Joy's right. Like, you see somebody, you're like, man, my shit is not together today. But now I'm seeing this person, and she has definitely looks like she's got it all going on. Yeah. Mm, I, I, I do think that there is – an element of truth to that because otherwise what threat would you feel as a woman if you didn't you know what I mean like what would be the threat then if you weren't if you weren't looking at them in some sort of envious light uh Wow, that but, is but, wow! Did we just have like a whole epiphany about womanhood right right now? Yes, we did, and I feel like we all brought- truly love each other, but we don't know how to show each other that. No, Instead, we show each other like anger. But it, and jealousy. But what's, but what's funny is like I love that Joe Joy bro, like broke it open as far as like this whole oh my god look at this person who looks you know I you could say envy you could say jealousy but just that instead of it it could be like oh I just really appreciate that this person looks great or is nice or whatever it is. And what's funny is that has this stupid like insidious way because the person mm-hmm. who received it in this case me I took it. Not in a positive way. way. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, did I, what's the word on the street about me to this woman? Because I know of her, but I, we had never met. Um, And so I was thinking, wow, some really not nice things must have been said about me for her to give me the straight up and down. The straight up and down. Listen, people are shady, but also, I mean, you look cute. (laughs) 
your hair is cute. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's curled. So, like, to me, I'd be like, dang, she look good. All right. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, Joy, I'm with you. Every time I see Michelle, I'm like, damn, I cannot leave the house <laughs> looking the way I look. Uh, we can't be together because she looks great and I do not. Um, walk five. So, like, yeah, walk, like, 50 walk feet behind me. Because <laughs> I can't follow you. Right. You know what I mean? You... <laughs> You know what I mean? You walk behind me, okay? Thank you. And I know listeners can't really see this unless you've been to our Instagram and see how cute we are. But I, I mean, I'm my face is red. I'm blushing because I'm just like, what? Just stop it! Like, look at these two beautiful women telling me that I look beautiful. I mean, I'm gonna end my day right here because it's all downhill after. All right, let's let's just stop this podcast right now. (laughs) End it on a high note. We've had a really great aha moment. Bye, y'all. It's been great. Um, I think. Another question or another thought that pops into my mind is why is it with age, especially for women, that you have to meet certain markers in your life, right? Like, why is it beaten into us? I know now I'm talking, I'm probably talking from a Western um, societal, you know what I mean, um, point of view. So just keep that in mind. But like, you know, in my 20s, I was convinced that I had to be married by a certain age and then have children by a certain age. Now, funny enough, I haven't done either of those things. Uh, and <laughs> I laugh because neither have I. And I'm a little bit older than Kim. So I'm just saying <laughs> neither have I. And I feel like there are certain industries, whether it's a tech or Hollywood, that it's like if you don't that dictate how they see your success like oh if you if you're a woman if you're a man and you're unmarried and you don't have children you're like a damn success you're just like out there living your best life but if you're a woman let's say like Tracy Ellis Ross who's like older and I don't even want to use older but who does not have kids by a certain age and is is not married from what I think is correct like seen very differently like oh you're missing out on these certain things and how do you she's out there living her best life like yeah and she owns it that's what I really love I feel like we're seeing a lot more women owning that and being like actually it's it's kind of great especially no offense I don't know if this is offensive but during pandemic my friends who did have children it looked kind of horrible. Like, oh, no, that's I think you mean a lot horrible. I was trying it to be looked, nice to the it kids. Was. You know, it was. This is like, reality. You can't, yeah. you can't get an eight-hour break anymore. Now you got to nope. teach them and be their soccer coach. That no. doesn't look fun to me. Meanwhile, mm. I was bored, but it's I not. was like, mm, I can do whatever I want right now. You <laughs> right? Know? There's there's a joy to some, to delaying some of those things. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, and I know this probably won't go over to, with with listeners very well if they have kids and are married, but there's this very funny bit in um, in uh, Z's and Zari stand up where he goes, to, he's talking about a lot of his friends, a lot of his friends who are married and have children, and that he he is not that, and he said, but you know what, my options are still options like he's got all these options he can do kind of like whatever he wants and I have a friend of mine and we say that to each other sometimes like my options are still options Uh, (laughs) I just love that it's uh uh, someone recently asked me like oh hey you know what are your thoughts on children do you want to have kids and I was like "Mm, I don't know I just kind of want to have fun till I die (laughs) 
I'm just being real. That is you a know great know? response. So I feel no. like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, what are we? I like, do. Not even 10 minutes in, and I'm getting like great life advice. <laughs> you have fun until you die. That's Kim's life asked, advice. I was asked the same thing um, in a work situation about having wanting to have kids, and I felt like I needed to to come up with the right answer. <laughs> no, like, I was like, I just, I don't know. And it's, as my dad would say, nacho, nacho business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, listeners, we are so excited for this topic. Yes. Our topic today, our theme is age ain't nothing but a number. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are talking women specifically who are, uh, for lack of a better term, aging like a fine wine. I, we'll get into this a little bit. Oh, they got it all like going on. They don't yeah. give a shit. They have no fucks left to give. And I, I just love this badass theme that we have going on here. And I'm so excited to talk characters around aging, nothing but a number. Also, we are so excited to have our guest today, Joy Brunson. You may know her from her podcast, The Joy of Acting. Maybe you even know her from her studio, The Joy of Acting Studio. She is an amazing actress. She's an amazing coach, podcast host. Speaking of women who got it going on, yes, welcome, Joy. Wow, thank you. I love that uh, that introduction. I really appreciate that. And also, I love the title of this, um, AJ Nothing But a Number, because that's one of my favorite Aaliyah songs as well. <laughs> I mean, yes. I tried to not sing it, but it ended up coming out as <laughs> I, mean, I was saying I mean, it's already in words, my head, so. you know? So since yeah. I was a youngster, I came to know, and no, I'm just kidding, um, <laughs> that uh, age, age ain't nothing but a number, you know? And life gets better with time. At least that's what they tell me. It does. I believe it. I think it does. I believe it. We'll talk a little bit about that, actually, as we get into part one. But before we get into that, let's formally start the show. Hey y'all, welcome back to Crush Fictionally. It's your girl Kimberly Trung and I am joined by my co-host, the lovely Michelle Varey. And then with us today, our special guest Joy Brunson. Man, we are talking AJ nothing but a number. And I don't know. I'm maybe I didn't understand this. I feel like when you're like 18, I was with my family yesterday. I have very young siblings. And my little sister's 16. And uh my little brother is 20. And you know, so he's got his little friends. He has his girlfriend there, and they're talking, and they're like, oh my God, like, uh, Blah blah blah. Thirty. That's so old. Stop. <laughs> just stop. But when you're, but I remember being that young, thinking yes, that was so yes. old. So what's really funny is shout out to my friend Debbie. I don't know if she ever listens to this podcast, but we went we went to high school and college together. And when we used to go to the bars with our fake ID and then our real ID, so like in our like late teens, early twenties, we would go and we would see guys there who were probably what. 28 29 30 and we would legit old girl no we would turn to each other and we would do this all the time and we would look at each other and one of us would say "Mm, debbie your dad's here Uh, (laughs) 
Debbie, do you want to get your dad? He's at the bar. And we would laugh. <gasps> oh, like, it was the funniest thing. And my jerks God. we were. Because I am obviously older than the guys that we were like, your dad's here. <laughs> then <Yeah. laughs> older than them now. And I would be mortified in a way if someone's like, your dad's here. I'd probably find it very funny. Your mom's here. But I, I remember us doing that. And I was like, who do we think we were calling people old? But you don't like, know any better because you're so young. You're mentally <laughs> young. You're emotionally young. You're everything young. And you don't understand that, like, wow, there's a – Okay, so I had this conversation with someone recently where it's like, oh, my God. You know, I, I asked him. I was like, uh, sorry, I should rewind. I didn't say, oh, my God. I, but I did uh, – first I said to him – uh because he had a birthday and I said, Oh, what age did you turn? And he said 36. And I was like, Oh, I was like that, you know, congrats. Great. No, uh, good age. Isn't it crazy to think that you're 36 now you're twice the age you were in high school. Okay. And then I know Joy's already getting really depressed. No one asked She's for like, division. Okay. Yeah, I no was one like, asked now for we're, math. Kim, now we're no doing math. We're doing ageism and math, but go ahead. <laughs> And then isn't it crazy to think like, I? so I just turned 36 and it's crazy to think that I could live another 36 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then some, yeah. if I'm lucky, yeah. knock on wood, but I don't know about you ladies, but I'm going to put myself on the, on the spot here. I just turned 36 and I'm feeling myself now more than ever. Yes, the ass ain't as tight as she used to be, and uh, the fine lines are showing up right after the acne went away, but I'm feeling so confident, and so, I don't know, I feel, I still have my insecurities like anybody else, but I'm feeling so much more proud and aware of who I am as a person, and what because you've what lived I bring to life, table. you've learned a lot. You've learned, mm-hmm. to, like, you can still have insecurities, but you've learned a lot. And it's funny because I was um, out with people a while back and at a dinner, and um, there was a gal at the table who was maybe, I don't know if she was like an intern or if she was like, you know, younger than most of us at the table. And this other woman at the table said, um, she, somebody made a reference that this other gal didn't get. Um, and so the older, older than her gal said, um, oh my God, I feel so old. And I just wanted to like smack her and be like, don't say that you should be Mm -hmm. proud. Like no, no offense to this gal who was like 20, but I was like, I had a great time. I was 20. I don't want to be her age again. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting here being envious of being that age other than, yeah, you know, I was probably a size zero (laughs) at 20. Um, (laughs) Love those days in a way. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I didn't have that feeling. Like I think maybe at a different stage of my life, I would have looked at that or heard that and said like, oh yeah, God, it sucks to be old, doesn't it? And I just felt this sense of pride like, yeah, but do you really want to be 20 again? Like this girl didn't even get your basic pop culture reference. She's like, huh? So (laughs) do you want to be that again? I don't. I was like, I'm happy with where I am. I just thought it was um, it was like a little light bulb moment for me because that hadn't really happened to me before. And I maybe I had that same feeling of confidence, like, oh, look at me now, all grown up. Mm, I love that. I'm, I'm working towards getting there. I feel like 
I am 33, Jesus year. And everyone was like, oh, you know, when you turn 30, it all gets good. It gets real good. I don't know who those people are (laughs) because from 30 to 33 so far, it's been a reckoning. You know what I mean? Mm. But I see the light. I see that confidence coming because I think I'm shedding a lot of those old ideals. You know, a lot of, uh oh, by this age, I'll do this. By this, especially career-wise. Like, y'all. I know this is going to sound arrogant, but I thought I would have an Oscar by now. Like, I actually thought I was going to have it at 25. I wrote the speech. I've had to rewrite it since. <laughs> do you want to give it now? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is – are you serious? This is incredible. Um, oh, my gosh. Who do I think? <laughs> but I had all these benchmarkers, you know, and so yeah. I had to – and I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but when you spend your whole life specifically working towards one – kind of uh, intangible goal like success in mm. acting and then you mm. don't reach it by a certain age you feel you feel like a failure even though you're not because I think right. anyone still pursuing their dreams are courageous and bold so I'm, yes. I'm I'm unlearning those things now and I'm looking forward to that that confidence that comes hopefully pretty soon here any day now it's coming it's in the mail well those liars who told you that somebody told me the same thing but it was like oh it's 30 blah 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 blah. and then I was like you've done lied to me is what you've done Um, (laughs) and it was funny it's funny you say that joy because I was uh I love following Questlove on Instagram and he posted something the other day about the story about how Albert Einstein was teaching this class and Mm. he was doing this these math problems and he purposely did I think it was nine or 10 problems and he purposely made a mistake in the last one and the whole class went wild and was like, oh my God, I can't believe you made that mistake. It's like an easiest math problem because I think it was like like addition or multiplication or something. And he said, but I did nine other questions before this 10, this 10th one, and they were all correct. So mm-hmm. why do we focus on the criticism of one out of the 10? And I was like, oh, this is such like one of those moments where it's like yes. seems so basic. But I was like, we need like for me, sometimes I need to remind myself of that. Like women, we can be our own worst critic. And, you know, I can really take to heart when someone's like, oh, you don't want to have kids. It's crazy. It's like, but those aren't those that might not be my benchmark of success of having kids, or I may not feel like I need to subscribe to those things. And I was like, oh, that's such a good moment. Albert Einstein, look at you with that. That, that guy, great he's like a genius example. or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Yo, who thought? <laughs> but I, I love that sentiment is yes. like, celebrate the the great things that you've done rather than being like man like enjoy your example like yeah it feels like a failure even though like I look back and I was like was I setting unrealistic expectations for myself maybe (laughs) I mean I think that's a real but I think that there's another good point to be made though is one of the aha moments that I had in my early 30s is if I would have had that much success at a younger age, I wouldn't have been ready for it. I wouldn't have been, have been mentally prepared and for you, it. Yeah, you may I wouldn't have, have appreciated been grateful it. for yeah. it. And I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, no way would I ever have been ready for it. And 
I mean, look at how, you know, how much success affects younger actors, like the younger you are. I mean, you have to really have someone special in your life who's like safeguarding you and mentally keeping you healthy because it it really fucks with you. Like, look at all these child stars, even like younger, like, you know, people who get it in their late teens, like early 20s, you know, they're really fucked up. And so any look, it's not all of them, obviously, but. I personally know now that if I had any sort of success in that way, younger, I just would have never been prepared for it. But now, funny enough, I mean, I don't know if I'm still prepared, but like, I feel like I'm well, I'm more aware, again, more educated, more knowledgeable. I think maybe I might be more prepared for whatever quote unquote success that I have in my head. But I would have never been ready for that 10 years ago. I'm not even sure if I would have been ready for that five years ago. And I'm just being honest with myself. And I think that is another thing that hopefully comes with age and experience. And um, I, this I know we're talking about women, but I just want to give a quick shout out um, to the actor. Ooh, I'm going to Google his name because I forgot his name. Um, he was in this, The Sound yeah, of right. Metal. Uh, <laughs> the Sound of Metal is an excellent movie. Oh, that's his name, Paul Racy. Uh, he plays Joe in this movie. And Sound of Metal is about a uh, metal band drummer played by Riz Ahmed. And he, he is starting to lose his hearing. And uh, in the movie, he goes to uh, this deaf community home where Paul Racy, who plays the character Joe, is basically kind of like the person that oversees the home. And Paul Racy is so damn good in this movie, but Paul Racy is, I'm Googling it right now, he's 73 years old, and this was his breakout role, and he lives in LA, he is an actual child of deaf, deaf adults, CODA, and um, anyway, long story short, he booked this role, obviously, whatever, a few years ago, so late 60s, early 70s, and I read this beautiful article about him, about how he had been going after the dream of being an actor in Hollywood, and uh, to help pay his bills, he does uh, ASL interpretation um, at, uh, the, I think, the LA courthouse, for the LA courthouse system. So he has this really interesting background, but I'm like, look at this man. Now he's in his late 60s and he has and oh my god, he's so great in this film, like just breaks you he just literally breaks your heart in this film. And he's so effing talented that I'm like, I hope this man just keeps on booking work till he dies. Like, I hope that's how he goes out. Like, his, you know what I mean? His yeah. have fun yeah. until he, he has dies. Fun. He has fun until he dies. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. And speaking of Coda, I don't know if you, uh, either of you have seen the movie Coda that's on Apple. Not TV yet. Plus, but I highly recommend it. And there is an act, it's Marley Matin Matlin is in it as well, um, who's in her 50s. Um, but I love her too. She she is great. Um, who also is great is an actor named Troy Kotzer. And he plays the husband to Marley Matlin. Matlin and he is a deaf actor and he's 56 years old and I love that mm. he just won um, a SAG award for his role and mm. that maybe an independent spirit award but he's gotten you know nominated for all of his work in CODA so recommend that movie if you'd like to see 
cool people doing cool things and not dictated by having to be like a young age in order to do it. And the fact that he's, you know, was born deaf and is doing an amazing job at acting. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I make a quick aside? Please. (laughs) I was thinking because I really want to learn ASL. Um, I, you know, know probably very basics, the alphabet and stuff, but I was thinking, I was like, why don't we know that specifically as Americans, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a language that we really should know because people speak it, you know, the Mm -hmm. basics, it's just kind of human decency. And I'm like, why don't we teach that in school? But I know that's a tangent. Just wanted to say. But I I think that's a a good tangent because it comes up in this movie about this uh, family who is deaf, but their daughter is a child of deaf parents and how they depend on her because there aren't a lot of people who know American Sign Language and how they try to, they have a business, none of this is a spoiler because I think you could have got that from the title, but they have this family business and they're trying to communicate and it becomes increasingly difficult because mm. nobody does know ASL yes. other than their daughter mm-hmm. and son mm-hmm. in situations. So she becomes like um, very much somebody who helps uh, facilitate the business and translate for them. And yeah, I think that's a good point. We should uh, teach that in school. I'm going to tack onto your side, Joy. There is a show, a reality show on Netflix that I really love called Deaf You. Love it. And it it really opened my eyes. That and there was another show on A&E called Crud. I'm going to Google it and then we'll, I'll recommend it at the end of the episode. But there was a show on A&E that followed different deaf families. And there's so much nuance within the deaf community about ASL, about um, even about like lip reading and um, and also trying to speak like outside of ASL, like literally speaking. Um, it is so fascinating, and I think it's a and it's only a few episodes, and I and I find it, found it very enlightening. If because I did not grow up around anyone deaf, um, and I never encountered it except for actually in college there was uh, two guys my freshman year who um one was deaf and one i believe was the child of deaf adults so he had he knew asl and so they were friends but anyway um it was very tough it was very tough for the uh the deaf kid at school because there was no resources for him and so i think he ultimately did transfer to um uh, ooh, what's the college that is for deaf individuals? And it's on the Netflix show. Yeah. Yes, it is on the Netflix show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's great. It is so good. But the show on a and is that called Deaf Out Loud? Deaf Out Loud. Thank you. That is the show, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, Gallaudet. That is the college. Yes. That go. just popped into my mind. Gallaudet uh, University, which is catered to the deaf uh, student community. Um, so anyway... Highly recommend it. If you want to learn more about the deaf community, those shows are fantastic. What a good tangent. What a good tangent. <laughs> but we should we should probably let um, everyone know our picks for fictional crushes, even though we've had some good fictional crushes in that last tangent. Y'all, yes, we got some, we got some great picks for y'all this week. Joy, because you are our guest of honor, you will go first. Tell us, tell the listeners who is your favorite character who who transcends time, transcends age. Age ain't nothing but a number. From my um, favorite movie or in general? Because I've got tons. 
Oh, from from your pick this from week. From my favorite Number movie. One, yes, okay. Number one. Um, well, I mean, it has to be Angela Queen Bassett. <laughs> it has to be yes. her. Number one, like physically defying age ain't nothing but a number because I, know, I don't know God. how anyone looks as good as she looks in any film, but specifically um, in this She's one, a vampire. She's And she was great in the movie that she had played a vampire. Um, very hot <laughs> vampire. <laughs> Angela Bassett, all day, all day. Mm-hmm. And you chose Stella? I chose how Stella got her groove back, which, you know, when I was thinking about it now, I probably shouldn't have been watching as a child, but <laughs> it's kind of naughty. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, a little, little, little naughty. It's Listen, not like Fifty Shades of Grey naughty or anything. Yeah, it could be but worse. For Honestly, I was expecting it to be more naughty. Really? But, you know, listen, for a kid, Tay Diggs yes. and those abs activated something within me. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I was like, oh, boy. He still um, looks good. I'm not going to He still lie. looks good. Again, how y'all doing yeah, yeah. this? So how Stella got her groove back was like one of those films in my, my life I will always remember. And as I'm getting older, I just kind of keep revisiting of like her mm. finding herself again. It's inspiring. It is so inspiring. Okay, so I'll be the first person to admit that I only just watched this movie <laughs> yesterday. But that's okay. You watched it. Watched I did it. watch it. It holds up. Good. And it very much holds up. Also, too, how does she look so damn good in this film? It's like one of those things where I'm like, when was this movie made? 1998? 1998. Jesus Christ. Like, oh, anyway, I can't. I'm, I'm literally speechless. But I love... There were so many things I didn't expect watching this film and Joy chime in at any point, but I, for whatever reason, I did not expect the film to go the way it did. I was expecting to spend more time in Jamaica. Oh, like, I well. thought that was going to be majority. You thought it was going to be like 90% getting her groove yes. back. I thought it was going to be like hot time. Exactly. Like, how do you, like, just hot time after hot time after hot time. And then, of course, conflict. Uh, And then they come back together. But I did not expect where it went. Now, spoiler alert, it doesn't mostly take place in Jamaica. Uh, (laughs) Or San Francisco, for the most part. Listen, budgets are tight, okay? (laughs) We had to. They got a film where they got a film. We had three days Oh, there was definitely green screen moments uh, that are very clear when you watch it now. You're like, they're definitely in a studio with a green screen. It's fantastic. But it has so much heart. It has so much heart. And I think... Uh, so if you don't know the premise of it, uh, Joy, you want to quickly tell the premise of this story? Sure. Yes. So Angela Bassett plays this like high powered, very, very busy um, lawyer. She has a million things to do. Think like Michelle Obama, maybe. I don't know. But um, she, on the behest of her good friend, played by the incredible EGOT Whoopi Goldberg, I must say. Yes. Oh, I love I loved that Whoopi was in there. That was another like, surprise. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. And so good. So good. Um, but she encourages her to, you know, go take some some rest, some time for herself because she's just so uptight. And, um, and Angela agrees to do so. And literally, I think it's like day one. Day one, she's there eating breakfast, looking like a snack herself. That <laughs> Tay Diggs enters the picture, and this is a young. This was his first film, a very young Tay Diggs. And I mean, I don't know like how deep we're gonna go, but basically, he he kind of opens her world up to a, a part of herself that I think that she had had closed. Like we were talking about all those, you know, things we feel like we have to meet those markers in mm-hmm. life. She's like, well, I mm-hmm. passed them, so I'm shutting it down. Shop is closed, and he reminds her, listen. 
Listen, age ain't nothing but a number. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. she do keeps this. bringing, because she keeps bringing up. I think in reality, there's like only 13 years difference or less between them. Yeah, but he's like definitely in, not 20 years old. Yeah, uh, he's it, not 20 he, years younger. Tate Tate's the actor is not 20 years old, but the character is 20 years old in the film. FYI, yeah. and she keeps saying. um, Oh, I could, I'm old enough to be your mother. And I, I'm sure I have said that to Kim when we've talked about particular actors. Yes. And I was like, this is a conversation maybe that I would have with Timothy Chalamet. I don't know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyways, that aside, I like that he was just like, you can keep saying that. But, I, but it's like almost like her defense mechanism. Like you're only – you're kind of just doing this like flirting with me, but you don't realize how old I am. And she kind of like – yeah discounts herself from being worthy of him either showing her affection or being in truly interested that it's not just some fling and then I like that he was like look I've I like you and I'm attracted to you and it has nothing to do with how old you are or that you're older than I am or you mm -hmm. can keep saying that and I just like love that that she's like finally let's go which yes, is interesting it, uh, watching it now as an adult because as a kid mm -hmm. you know everything was new i didn't know what they were talking about first of right. all i was like <laughs> in my chinese sun grinding <laughs> i don't know but as an adult i'm like oh i kind of get it like if a 20 year old little something something came up to me i'd be like yeah. sir or child <laughs> where are your your friends yeah are you yeah. supposed to be in school right now right or, no, it's uh, three o'clock yet like are you lost are you lost <laughs> stranger danger um, yeah, I have actually had this conversation recently where I cannot, I don't know, I could not, if I were single, I could not see myself dating someone that young. I am 36 years old, but 20 is like, 20 is 20. Do you know what I mean? 20. And uh, I mean, just let's, let's just flash back to Michelle's, uh, story earlier about like it's your dad you know what i mean like <laughs> your dad's here like that's what i imagine kim your dad's here your dad's um, here but yeah, i don't think i could date that young i mean but i think what's really sweet about this film though is that they explore that they and again i did not have any expectations coming into this film like i i, I thought it was gonna be it's like hot sexy like oh my god like she's just having like this fling with this man in jamaica and that's it like or you know uh, but obviously like learning about herself but no they really explore their relationship in that age gap i mean everything from like going to the movies and his movie taste and him wanting to see the more like silly goofy movie and then they and bump her into her friends things, yes. yeah right yeah they put and, it in the real world which i feel they, like they didn't leave yes. it a fantasy no you know? and, they had and to i face appreciate people. that like her yes ex. like real life and so anyway um i did watch this film with i guess my older woman hat on being like being like this would never work this will never work he's but too will, young but i will say i think that they just it, it partially was age but i think personality like i think for me there there's something that i love about the movie which is two things i love about the movie is her friendship with delilah played by Whoopi goldberg and i love 
the that she realizes there's more to just like going and making money and being successful and and living in these very limited limited I would say confines of like I don't want to go out of my comfort zone I don't know necessarily that their relationship is probably the healthiest one based on like maybe their personalities and it could partially be their age but that's all right I mean we'll just suspend it for like Hollywood means that you know there's a love story there but I I think I for me like I wanted the end of the movie for him to like go back to Jamaica really? and then for like some like super handsome slightly more mature man to come into her life and she was open to it you know a little I mean? bit more salt and pepper yeah a little bit you know uh gray fox kind of like a silver fox situation where she's like you know oh I'll make this furniture and he's like I support you that but that's a whole different movie in a parallel universe yes but think about the time like that this film came out you know 1998 to mm-hmm. have an old, a woman a more mature woman mm-hmm. not only mm-hmm. lead the film but it be about her evolution in yes. love I feel like no mm-hmm. one yes. was talking about that mm-hmm. no you know and I feel people like do it a disservice now by only referring it to it as like a naughty movie like some would be like "Ooh, who like which is not even back. that naughty but it's not if even I'm being perfectly one, honest you don't see Kim a lot wants of more stuff. naughty I wanted more <laughs> Kim would like to <laughs> dial up the 50 shades of gray please um, but it's not really that naughty, right? It's not no, it's that not. naughty. And I was like, it's more about this journey that this woman is having, like, you know, emotionally and her relationships that she has with other people because of it. Mm. I love this pick. Really great pick, Joy. I mean, damn, you finally forced my hand into watching this film. <laughs> Did I want Tay Diggs and Angela Bassett to have more naughty moments? Yes, that's yes, on okay. me though. All right. Um we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to belabor that, but I'll just put that out there. Um uh, <laughs> I did I did read this and I don't know if it's a true fact because it was on the internet, but Uh-oh. I heard that, you know, this is based on a book. Yes. Uh, oh yes, Terry McMillan. Book, right? And Terry McMillan, um, so it's based on a true story and that Winston Shakespeare, played by Tay Diggs, is based on Terry McMillan's then husband and that he has a cameo in the movie he does i don't know why i totally forgot this it's one of my favorite things yes (laughs) like terry terry mcmillan is one of my favorite authors and she she is much older i think she's probably goodness late 60s if not early 70s and one of the things i love about her books is she kind of writes as she's aging you know like as her her life is changing so she Mm -hmm. so Stella was a reflection kind of of her life at the time and it was really scandalous you know again me being a kid but I remember hearing like oh Terry McMillan's husband is like 15 years younger and people were like is he is he taking advantage of her is he this is he that and she was like I'm happy and that's that's what matters to me in my life um, mm-hmm. I don't think it hurts to be, you know, the husband of Terry McMillan while she making a film. <laughs> right. I don't uh-huh. know. But I love that. And just if, if there are any readers out there, I suggest reading all her books. Like they all could be films. Um, and some of them have. Many of them have. But yeah, he had a cameo in it. Do we remember what character he, he is? Oh, I think was it either it was either in the dance scene or a waiter. I think he like they when they check into the hotel uh will be in and angela their, their characters check into the hotel there's all these like got men around who work there like waiters and, and 
uh, valets and things, and there's this very handsome man that walks by them as they're walking down these stairs, and he goes, "Welcome to Jamaica, ladies." Oh, and they're just like, (laughs) "Yes," and there's just like such a moment, and I was like, "God, get you a friendship like that, go on a trip like that with your friends." Like, you know, it was just. And when I read that, I was like, "Man, I really hope that that is true. That that's her. That is Terry McMillan, Mary." Terry McMillan's real husband that she put him in that moment in that movie. I love yes. it. So so scandalous, you know. And <laughs> I love an an uh, artist who is literally bold with her work, you know, who really uses mm-hmm. life examples because it kind of makes it even more real, you know. Like this is a movie, yes. you know. There's parts that were fictionalized, but to know that it was kind of based on reality, like oh okay, so people really out here dating these young ones. You know, <laughs> and I, and like I hate to say it, but like I love that it was a woman. It was reversed. It was an older woman and a younger guy. Because how many times do we know the narrative? An older man and a younger woman. And I it's mean, not a big on. deal. A guy could be like forty years older than a woman, and no, like nobody gives a shit. Um, but yeah, I also love that moment in the very beginning. They're in that spa, and her sisters are trying to tell her like, "You need a man," and she was just like. I don't need a man. And I, I I like that it took a turn that she didn't really need him. Like the story arc wasn't that she like needed a man to like m- make her successful or like help her get a job or make more money or some or make money for her. I like that there was a different character arc there that maybe she just needed to be open to having a relationship, not that she needed a man. I think she says that to her sisters. Like, I don't need a man to do anything. I'm perfectly capable of living my life, you know, having a job and making money and raising my son and being successful. And that was just that moment. I felt that I was like, yes, yes. I definitely felt that moment. Yeah. I don't need a man, but I don't, I well, I, I, she was open to it later on. Right. And it's not that she even needs a man. It's that she's choosing him. She wants him, right? Yes. Like yes. choosing to have someone in their life. Not that you need them, but you want them. I'm choosing mm-hmm. to have you in my life. Um, hence why she goes at the very end and runs after him. Uh, the running through the airport scene happens. Oh my God. Is that a red dress or trench coat or something that she, yeah. oh, oh, so good. Angela Bassett. These are the stories that happen when when women get to write their own stories. Like Mm -hmm. you said, we got this perspective because a woman wrote it and she knows. If a man wrote it, it would have looked completely different. Exactly. Oh yeah, it would have been porn. Um, (laughs) Moving on. You said some more. I didn't say porn. No porn. Okay, okay. I didn't say porn. Not that far. I just said naughty. That's it. Uh, (laughs) Naughty. Fine line. So. Oh, Michelle, do you want to go next and reveal who your favorite fictional crush is? Age sure. ain't nothing but a number? Age ain't nothing but a number for this character. This is a character that I think is one of the reasons we created this podcast because we said we'd love to talk about fictional characters that we want to be friends with, we want to hang out with, we want to maybe even be a little bit like this mm-hmm. fictional character. And my choice is Frankie Bergstein, played by Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. in Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Um, it's The show started in 2015. The final season is set to air in, uh, soon in 2022. If you have not seen this show and you want to know nothing, please pause go watch the other what four or five seasons and come back (laughs) welcome back um 
here's just a quick summary. I'll just give a little bit of background on the show so you guys can know what it's about. Um, but this, uh, there's two characters, Grace and Frankie. Frankie's placed, played by Lily Tomlin, and Grace is played by Jane Fonda. And they are the wives of two lawyers, Saul and Robert, who take them to dinner <laughs> the very first episode and let their wives know, one, that they are gay. And not only that they are gay, <laughs> but for the last 40 years, not only have they been working at the same law firm as partners and coworkers, but they have been are in love and that they, they've been having an affair for the last 40 years. Mm, mm, um, mm. And so if you're into watching this show or you're and you haven't seen it and you're interested, I will say the first two episodes, they deal a lot with age and how women mm-hmm. are seen like in relationships, as wives, as mothers, um, and how they are seen physically. Like um, there's a moment where Jane Fonda's character takes out um, part of um, – part of like her her hair um and takes off her eyelashes and takes off things off her face Mm. to show like the real her and she's feeling like very vulnerable because she just learned this devastating thing about her entire her entire life and it just kind of blew up um it's it gets very funny um so kind of work through those first two episodes kind of dealing with the more you know dare I say like dramatic or like in-depth side of it but episodes do go in depth and Frankie is this character who um she is she is funny um she's quirky she's an artist um (laughs) and she's nurturing and I will say that she has some of the best lines on this show like every time I watch it (laughs) I wish this fictional character was real because I just would love to hang out with her she just is so cool and I think that you know, um, there's so many moments where they discuss how, um, how they're perceived because of their age, because everybody in the cast is in like their mid seventies. So Martin Sheen, Sam Watterson, who play, um, Robert and Saul are in their seventies. And there's this one moment in, in one of the episodes where they're still working through this trauma of trying to figure out like, Going, they're going to have to go through this divorce and not only just a divorce after all this time, but that their, their husbands are lovers and, and, and gay and, and what that means to their families and their life going forward. Mm. And so Frankie's like, I, she, she's looking for cigarettes. And so Grace drives her to the grocery store to get cigarettes, even though she's She's like, fine, we can – last time I had cigarettes was when they were still good for you. <laughs> so they go to the grocery store. <laughs> they go to the grocery store, and they're waiting for some help from this young guy who works there. And like, excuse me, excuse me, we like to buy some cigarettes. And this guy's blatantly ignoring them. And it goes on for a long time, and he walks towards them as if he's going to help them. And this he's not. He's going to help this younger woman um, get lottery tickets. And mm-hmm. – Jane Fonda's grace goes ballistic and she's like hello do you not see me am I invisible to you are we invisible because she's got gray hair and Frankie goes what like (laughs) and she's like and the best line is she's like what kind of animals treat people this way treat women just because we're not as young as she is and we don't look like her Mm. and she's going on and on and so (laughs) of course everyone's like shocked and the guy like can't believe it because he's 
you've been ignoring them this whole time. They get into the car. Uh, Frankie lights up a cigarette. And Grace goes, what? Where'd you get those? You stole those? And she's like, yeah, I found one good thing about about being old and being invisible. If you don't see me. <laughs> can't you can't watch me steal <laughs> like, peel out of the parking lot and it's just such yes. a great moment because there's i'm sh- i'm sure we've all felt it as women or you know there's any kind of ageism we've ever felt where you feel invisible so mm. um i love frankie's character her character arc is amazing i won't give anything away but they they take on like what it means to go through this divorce. Um, they're very much an odd couple where Grace is very like put together and like um, all about like looks and labels. And Frankie is this artist who wants to move to Santa Fe and then they go into business together. And I won't tell you what it's for. Cause you oh. will just, it's a scream. It's an absolute scream. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's so good. Perfect for Kim. It's a little bit naughty, but so, so funny. Ooh, and, okay. um, just the right amount of naughty. Just the not right amount porn. of do- naughty. Not, it's not porn. You not will love porn. it. Um, this show was created by um, and written uh, partially by Marta Kaufman, who did Friends as well. Mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. didn't really think that she um, – she's also a sophisticated woman, and they didn't think that she could do a Friends-like show again. <sighs> and she heard that Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda were thinking about wanting to do TV again. And uh, she wrote this show with the hopes of getting them. Jane Fonda was on first. And then it took about a year for Lily Tomlin to come on. And I can't imagine any other actresses playing these two characters, particularly L- Lily Tomlin. You know her from Laughing. She got her st- her start as like an actress and a comedian. She did a lot of like comedy albums. Um what I love is that she's been with her partner for 50 years, who is also her writing partner. Oh my God. They met because she was looking, she had seen something that her partner, Jane Wagner, had written and wanted some help with one of her albums. And so they got together and they were together in Hollywood when was a time when you didn't talk about being mm-hmm. in same-sex partnerships. Mm-hmm. And she even said that, that People knew about Jane, but they would never refer to her as like her girlfriend or her partner. They would just say that's her writing partner or her collaborator. Uh, And then in the early 70s, Time called her, Time Magazine, and said, we'll put you on the cover. But they were only willing to put Lily Tomlin on the cover of Time Magazine if she came out. And she said, I was offended um, that they wanted to do that to me. And she didn't even come out to her mom. She said her mom was a southern baptist and she said it would have killed her (laughs) so she waited until she died to her mom passed away for her to come out and there's this really i'll i'll spare you the six minute watch there's this really interesting side bit she was on the show in the 70s called the dick cabot show lily tomlin and she was talking about her latest comedy album and there was an actor who followed her named chad everett and this blowhard he comes out there talking about his show that he's got coming up and that he's doing a documentary on on animals like an animal documentary and at a time when actors celebrities weren't known for walking out of interviews um both he this actor and Lily Tomlin are on stage talking to Dick Cavett and Dick Cavett said oh well are you also interested in animals he says to this guy Chad and uh, Chad Everett goes, oh, yeah. And he starts naming all these animals he has. And he goes, and my wife. 
Dick Cavett kind of pauses and he's like, oh, no, I, I don't think you mean that. And this fool, he doubled down, he's doubled down, he doubles down and he goes, oh, yes, my wife is the most beautiful animal I own. And you oh can hear gasp God. in the audience. And without missing a beat, Lily Tomlin goes, that you own? And she doesn't say it like she doesn't say it in like what people would say is shrill or rude. She doesn't scream it. She just goes in a really cute way. She goes, that you own? And then she goes, I have to leave. And she gets up yeah. in her like, <laughs> light blue jumpsuit thing or like suit that she has and her white boots and the butterfly sequin oh. applique on the back. And she gets up and she leaves. And, it, and you can hear people like clapping and women and cheering in the audience. And this idiot keeps talking about, oh, I really meant that. My wife, I do own her, blah, 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 blah. Lily Tomlin never came back, even though they wanted her to come back on the show. And what's even worse is this idiot, he's like, um, I meant that, that she likes to, my wife likes to be taken care of by a man, not taken care of by a woman. And I I watched it and I I gasped because I was like, how dare he say that? Because at that point, Lily Tomlin was with Jane Wagner and she said people knew that that she was my partner, that she was my wife. Um, so I love that she put that man in his place in mm-hmm. like the the classiest, like most badass way and walked right off that like interview and stage. And um, and that was it. So uh, she's got she's got a bunch of credit to her name. She married J- Jane Wagner officially in 2013. So they are officially married, mm-hmm. um, but they've been together for a very long time. You may know her from her characters on Laughing, like Ernestine and Edith Ann. And she um, was also the voice of Miss Frizzle on the Magic oh School my Bus. God, yeah. Which like she, now that you know that you're like yeah okay that makes perfect right? sense because <laughs> yeah. it's like a nurturing lovely voice. Uh, she's done a bunch of like guest spots, X Files, Murphy Brown, and this isn't the first time she's worked with Jane Fonda. They worked together on a little movie from 1980 called Nine to Five with Dolly Parton, and <laughs> yes. um, Lily Tomlin's pretty badass in that too. But Frankie is such a great character. It's a great show. I think that. Um, if you like if you like laughs, if you like something that has a lot of heart, this is definitely the show for you. When she was asked the hardest part about doing the show, she said, you know, um, to NPR, she said there are some times when she has to, there's sensitive dialogue around same-sex marriage, but she said that the most difficult line for her was when she had to berate substitute teachers, and she really oh. felt sad about it, and I just think that's such the cutest thing. Oh my God. So, uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, and I think it's within the last year, it came out that the two of them had the same exact pay as Martin Sheen and Sam Watterson, who are not leads on not the show. Leads. Their name is not crazy. in that title. Not Grace or And Frankie. so, yes, crazy. They lobbied for more money with the support of um, Sam Watterson and uh, Martin Sheen and the rest of the cast. And they got it. And I love it. And this Frankie, like I said, is a character that I want to be when I am 70. And she's just having a it seems like having a great life not without their its insecurities and judgments but such a great great show so frankie bergstein oh chef's kiss and um can i say I'm, oh 
my other do it, do if it, i were the like a fictional kind of real life crush is um ernie hudson who plays yes. i don't think that's too much of a spoiler you know she's exploring no, her no. dating life and stuff post that situation like talk about an age yeah if i could if I was a little <laughs> bit older, he was a little bit younger. Ernie Hudson's my guy. But <laughs> I love Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson is just, oh, he's just so adorable. He's great in this show as well. Um, you guys know him from what, Ghostbusters and all kinds of other things that he pops up on. He was, oh, I won't say what that I've seen him recently because it might be a spoiler for somebody who hasn't seen it yet. But oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson, a hundred percent. Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh-huh. mm-hmm. I know what you're talking it. about. You know what I mean. I'm going to give a quick shout out to Lily Tomlin in the 1993 film The Beverly Hillbillies, where she is amazing. She is so <laughs> yes. damn funny, guys. Yes. If you have not seen The Beverly Hillbillies 1993 yes. film, which is a reboot of the sh- the show, if you remember the show The Beverly Hillbillies, oh my god. Uh, her speaking of uh, older woman, younger man, uh, right? Lily Tomlin goes after Jethro, who is probably about fifteen to twenty years younger than her. The characters, it's very, very good. It's high quality. She is a she is so damn funny. It is her unreal. delivery is fantastic. And there's this one scene where she she's she's an artist. She's a painter, and so she sees this job opening for. Um, being a, 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 a art instructor, art teacher at a, a senior center or a senior home. And so she goes there and this guy is giving her this tour and she's like, this sounds great. She's like, I'm happy, you know, excited to when I'll start. And the guy's like, wait, what? Are you not like a Mary Rosenbaum? I thought I was giving you a tour to live here. And she's like, live here? I am too young to live here. And so she goes off. And as she's like walking down the hall, like yelling at this man, um, she does this like full squat. And she's like, my joints are in great shape. (laughs) And it's just just the timing and the physical comedy. And so for anybody who hasn't watched this show, um, I highly recommend it. I'm obviously going back and watching old episodes, not just for this, but to prepare for the final season because the character arc has been really good. And I can't say anything bad about any of the seasons. It's just really picked up the momentum. And I really want to see what happens to these ladies because I'm I'm rooting for them and and their very unlikely um, friendship and the hijinks that they get into. And Man, if I'm not Frankie when I'm 70 years old, then I'm doing something wrong with my I life. I want to be Frankie now. <laughs> Me too. Low key. I was like, I want to be you know what I mean? her right I now. I want to have that freedom. I want to have that like zero fucks, uh, that confidence. Oh, great pick, Michelle. Great pick. Yes. Thank yes. You. Yes. Thank you. Kim, what do you have for us? Well, Grace and Frankie is a great show. And if you know me and you know my writing, you know that I love writing mature sophisticated women i don't know i don't know the best way to describe it but i love (laughs) writing uh having those women at the center of my comedies but very long story short i think what started it all for me was a little known show by the name of golden girls and i don't i can't pick one because all four of them are amazing. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk about them as an entity. But yeah. I loved The Golden Girls. It is a show that I still watch to this day that is still funny. That w- where I 
legitimately laugh out loud because mm-hmm. the reactions, the jokes, it mm-hmm. is on fire this show. If you don't know what the Golden Girls are, then holy shit, let me just give you a quick uh, background on it. Uh, Golden Girls uh, is an American sitcom created by Susan Harris. It aired on NBC from September 1985 to May 1992, and it had 180 episodes. Okay, seven seasons was a show that even like broke records for again four older women. Uh, a show around four older women, and it was a network primetime comedy um it starred b r r oh my god pete cut that <laughs> you're so excited i know i'm so, so excited. excited i love that you're excited i love the golden girls i mean talk about an all-star cast y'all we've got b arthur betty white rue mcclanahan and estelle getty and it's about a show i'm sorry the show is about four older women who share a home in miami florida now mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this pilot, if you haven't seen the pilot of Golden Girls, again, it's another pilot that really sets the tone for the entire series. Um, There are changes that happen between the pilot and the rest of the series, which you will uh, notice when you watch it. I won't say anything. But basically, it starts off with um, uh, Blanche, who's played by Rue McClanahan. Now, Blanche is uh the saucy kitten. She's the she's, naughty one. She's the naughty, naughty one. Um <laughs> oh my naughty. god, she is like the sex kitten. She like puts yeah. herself out there. She like has this like as I talk about her, I'm literally shimmying my shoulders because there's no <laughs> way for me to verbalize it. She's just like she just walks on air. But anyway, Blanche is dating a man and the man proposes to her after only knowing her for a week. And mm-hmm. so anyway, uh Rose in the meantime, she is uh she just lost her husband, her kids are moving away, um she's worried about getting older. There's so many great themes in this pilot. Meanwhile, Dorothy played by B Arthur, um she deals with her mother Sophia, Estelle Getty, um suddenly moving into the house after Sophia's retirement home burns down. There's so much that happens in this pilot, but what's really great is that by the end of it, they realize that they are each other's family and they're going to live together in this home again in Miami, Florida, which I also think is a very funny specific <laughs> like Miami, mm-hmm, Florida, of mm-hmm, course, it's Miami, mm-hmm. Florida. Um and I absolutely love this show because it was exploring themes that other shows were not exploring everything from gay marriage to not only just like aging but also like alzheimer's there's so many great topics that happen throughout the the series and i swear the show truly does hold up in so many ways yeah i'm sure looking back there's definitely some problems here and there for sure yeah. But overall, it was a very progressive show for its time. And the fun fact, Estelle Getty, who plays Sophia, Dorothy's mm-hmm. mother, was younger than the rest of the cast. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That is a great fun they fact. They aged her up. for. Oh, it's Guys, it's so funny. The comedy is just out of control in this show. I and, love, and I love Sophia's character. Oh, She's so great. Like Sophia. The lines that they gave her, just cutting. Oh, and, like, my God. Funny. She just will. Oh, my God. She will just, like, cut you at the knees. It is so <laughs> good. It, the writing is amazing. Um, it's one of those shows where I feel like it's definitely character driven right because you've got like i said blanche who's like the sex kitten dorothy who's kind of like the pessimist but like um the jaded pessimist right you've got rose who's kind of like the goofy heart of gold uh naive Mm -hmm. one and then you've got sophia who's like the sage the wise one um but is like basically the truth teller right she'll like Mm -hmm. tell she'll tell you straight up what's on her mind um Again, Golden Girls, I can't, man, I can't, when this topic came up, for whatever reason, I really struggled with thinking, who's my character going to be for Age Ain't Nothing But a Number? Who's my character going to be? And <laughs> I was like, Golden Girls! Like, I, <laughs> I've truly been waiting for this moment to talk about Golden Girls and how much I love this show. I love that you're talking about it. And it's so funny that you say that because I we talked about it. And I was like, AJ, I have a number. And we're like, yeah. And then I went away and did the same thing. I was like, oh, wait, who am I going to pick? <laughs> and I was talking to somebody else. And I was like, who should I pick? And we were kind of talking about, I was like, characters who are like sophisticated women, but they don't care about their age. And I was like, why am I not talking about Lily Tomlin, who has been like working for decades and is amazing as this character? I just can't get enough of her. So I love that you're talking that when when we had the same experience <laughs> too, I, that you're talking about the Golden Girls. I, I love that, and I feel like the Golden Girls ushered in. I mean, I don't know all of television history, but this kind of new wave of seeing the multi-dimensional woman. You know, I feel like I'm thinking about shows at that time, like designing women. And it wasn't just like one archetype of a woman. And she was, you know, the angry wife or she was the sexy, whatever. We saw different representations. And I think now it's still rare, but we have it more that we might take it for granted. But yeah, can you imagine like being early 80s, 90s and seeing these women who are multifaceted, who are funny, who are figuring it out Mm. without men? I mean, right. I was just going to say that, that are like, they yes. are the, they are the stars of this, this show. Yes, it is fully. the late, I think the, the thing that I love about this topic that I'm discovering as we're talking is the layers within the show, like the character layers, but also what it did for the real world. Yes. What these shows and what these characters did for real women in the real world. Like, I mean, at, you have these actresses, um, for example, Betty White may she rest in peace we lost a good one uh in 2020 but damn talk about a life an incredible life like a a career that spanned decades and i just look at these women and i and i loved that they had this opportunity to create the show to be a part of the show again not about women in their 20s not about women in their 30s uh, you know, these hot young things or whatever. It was about these older women who were experiencing the same things that younger women were experiencing. Insecurities, mm-hmm. love, sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
but also with this looming like cloud of aging over them right like that i think was so fascinating about the show and not only are they exploring these heavy themes but they do it in such a funny way like i i promise you if you have not watched golden girls and you watch it now (laughs) you will literally laugh out loud the jokes Mm -hmm. are just so damn good there are moments where b arthur b arthur's kind of like um I think her comedic stronghold is her reactions, her facial reactions to mm-hmm. situations around her. Like when Rose says something dumb or when <laughs> back in St. Olaf. Yeah, back in St. Olaf. <laughs> um, like <laughs> B. Arthur's reactions as Dorothy to the to the characters around her is just so damn good. She is one of those actor actors that I think can steal a scene without even saying anything. Like her eyes and her face say it all. And I just I can't get over how much I love this show. Um this show actually speaking of B Arthur, it decided to end when she decided to leave the show. And they tried to do a spin-off called The Golden Palace, but it didn't exactly take off like uh The Golden Girls as you can imagine. Again, I think it was that magic of the four women together. I hate to say it, but sometimes there's a magic that happens and it has to re- and it has to require all those ingredients in order for the show to succeed. And, you know, granted Betty White and Estelle Getty and Rue McClanahan, they're all talented on their own. But there was something so magical about the Golden Girls and those four women together in that home in Miami, Florida, that made it so special that, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that you felt you felt B. Arthur's departure on the show. So anyway, Golden Girls, <laughs> just I appreciated it as a kid and I appreciate it more now as I'm getting older myself. And I cannot wait to now watch the show. Hopefully, I said earlier, I turned 36 it might uh, my life might go another 36 years and i hope that i get to that point where i'm 72 and now i'm watching golden girls and watching it with maybe even an even more clearer lens or a different lens of age and experience so guys golden girls golden i'm going to say <laughs> i love it it's such a good it's such a good classic like legendary choice legendary but uh i feel like it's what's funny is that like i feel like golden girls is really getting seen again like there are so many like things popping up that is like golden girls pins golden girls uh games golden girls themes this golden girls themes that like i can't walk around like any store without seeing something golden girls themed which i love like i love that all these years later, people still appreciate the show, or maybe there's like a resurgence in the appreciation of the show. But I'm here for it. I will buy all the Golden Girl tchotchkes <laughs> and memorabilia. Uh, I have a question for y'all. That one can buy. Mm. Um, would y'all, I mean, you mentioned it also in Grace and Frankie, would y'all ever consider moving into a retirement village? Have you ever <laughs> thought about that? It's so funny because, like, I don't know. I think I would hate that. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's really hard because, like, I don't, I won't know what it's, where my mind's at until I'm there, right? You know? Like, I'd like to think that now. Oh, no, I'm going to die in my own home or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. But 
also too, I kind of have a very skewed outlook on retirement homes because I had to volunteer at them when I was in high school because I was in a pre-med program, if you can believe it. Whoa. Look at me now, mom. Whoa. I'm doing a podcast. I didn't go to med school. <laughs> but like, I had to volunteer at not only retirement homes, but also homes for um, aging adults who had Alzheimer's, who had like terminal type uh, illnesses and it was really tough to watch uh yeah I don't I guess it depends on I don't know what do you think Joy I was thinking about ice cream socials I was thinking about <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you said that because I'm like is there an art class that I can take that's what I'm um, saying and you're amongst uh, peers I don't know maybe yeah, you don't know yeah maybe it's, I'll be it, that person maybe I was taking an actual art class right before the pandemic like a physical one and we just actually started doing another physical class but there was a a, a gal in in my class her daughter used to bring her to the class because she didn't drive and she came up to me and she was she's like oh I take classes also at the senior center and I was like oh cool I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to take classes next and she was like you should just come to the senior center and oh, I just oh, loved I loved the idea of me and all these like what I pictured like these grandmas yeah. like oh. with me like you know in the class painting art and I just thought that was really cool um so I guess in my mind the idea of like a senior, you know, the senior home or living isn't scary, like in an ideal world, because I'm like, I want to do all the hobbies. But I also feel like in in America, I think I can say this, um, in America, I don't feel like we treat our our senior citizens or elderly family members with any dignity. Yes. Like, If you've ever gone to like another country, there's very much care if there's an older person in their standing to give them a chair or to give up your seat or do something to go out of your way because you are showing like respect and honor to that person, even if you're not related to them. And I feel like, man, we should do more of that here. (laughs) It's like very much a Jerry Seinfeld, like, give me the Marble Raya old bag. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, like get out of here. And I just wish that it was, I, I guess I wish that senior care or living um or even just like culturally was was taken with that much respect um, and honor so yeah I guess I'm not closed off to it if I'm Frankie and (laughs) in real life I guess yeah Hey, it's Rebecca Lieb. And I'm Jason Horton. And we are Ghost Town, a show about weird history, hauntings, unexplained events, true crime, and all kinds of bizarre phenomenon the world over. From unsolved murders to haunted manors. Satanic panic to internet mysteries. Buy a ticket to our abandoned amusement park. A VIP ghost pass to our haunted club? No. Bottle service. We have new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday, and you can find Ghost Town wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Crush Fictionally, where age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> oh my gosh. Between Kim and Joy and myself, we've talked about the women who are just aging, as Kim says, like a fine, fine wine. Um, one of the things that Kim and I just agreed upon right before this call is that we are obsessed with this trailer obsessed. for a movie called 
Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh my god, obsessed. Which is starring Michelle Yeoh, um, who, I'll just give it up right now, is one of my honorable mentions. Mm. I'll talk about that movie Mm. later. Mm. She is amazing. She um, plays the main character in this movie. It looks like it's a little bit real world, a little bit sci-fi. But she's swept up into this adventure and taken into, like, different worlds within the universe you know like parallel you know like uh, a parallel universe and how she can quote unquote save the world Mm. Um, so if you watch the trailer it is fantastical Um, it's surreal you may have already seen the picture of Jamie Lee Curtis wearing some prosthetics I believe for her role in this movie Um, but I'll be honest, anything with Michelle Yeoh, I will generally watch and probably love. Um, But Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is set to come out um, this month, March 2022, I believe. So that Mm -hmm. is coming out, and I can't wait to watch all of that. What's interesting is not only with Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who have a ton of experience and are still kicking ass, Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. also Ki Huey Kwan, who you'll recognize um, as Data, Um, when he was in the Indiana Jones movies, he was also in Goonies and I read an interesting article about how he took a break because he was very much typecast in this character, these characters that he played, um, what was it, Kim 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink and, Mm. um, you know, borderline, dare I say, racist kind of stereotypical characters. Mm -hmm. And so I love that he is in this movie. I'd love to see him again and doing something which I think is is cool and fitting and having him return to acting. There's also a young actress named um, Stephanie Sue. Um, you may recognize her from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a great show and has some mature, very sophisticated ladies in that, like Jane Lynch and Alex Borstein, who is funny as hell in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, <laughs> her character is amazing. So, um some things to watch the marvelous mrs Maisel. i the current or the latest season is out now i think that's four or five seasons and i have to talk about her because i just love her her book is amazing tiffany haddish she um i don't know maybe tiffany haddish and i are around the same age let's say that um but she is also just so fantastic i feel like this is just her getting started at 42 Mm, and she is in a show called the after party which is on apple tv plus and she is uh, you guys can't see joy but joy just just literally made the movement that my brain was thinking yeah she's a she's she's great at the comedy aspect in this show and she but there's a little bit of drama and seriousness and I just want more of that for her, which could be a movie that's coming out in April, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm-hmm. And they've showed her a little bit in the preview, which stars Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage. And I want more Tiffany Haddish just doing whatever she wants to do. I'm all there. I'm here all for in. it. All yeah. of that. Oh, my God. So many good things. I, you know what? Yes, Hollywood. Yes, Thank you, Hollywood, for giving us the – I'm sorry, but like – well, maybe not Hollywood, we should think. Thank you to all the people per- making the, this art who are putting uh, sophisticated women at mm-hmm. the center of these stories because, like, I'm totally here for it. I'm here for all of it. Um, speaking of uh, 
speaking of uh, sophisticated women, did we talk about the Lost City yet, Michelle? Oh, no, talk about that, because that looks incredible. Okay, I've laughed really hard watching the trailer for The Lost City, <laughs> which stars Queen Sandra Bullock, and uh, at her side is, um, of course, Channing Tatum. And uh, funny enough, Brad Pitt also makes an appearance in the film, but you guys have to watch this trailer. It's just so Don't funny. Don't forget about Daniel Radcliffe also in this movie. I mean, this Michelle's- movie, like, checks... All boxes for me. Michelle's crush. Uh, Like every single crush. (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe, Brad Pitt, Channing Tatum. And Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. He makes an appearance too. enough to be your mom. (laughs) But uh, The Lost City is about a romance author who um, is like really struggling uh, to find her voice with this latest book or whatever goes on this uh, journey with Daniel Radcliffe because Daniel Radcliffe approaches her and is like, I think you actually have the knowledge to this lost city. Um, I guess he's like some like rich white man archaeologist wannabe. I don't I don't exactly know his character, but um, she goes on this journey, but then like ultimately winds up in hijinks, as you can imagine. So Channing Tatum being the model for her romance novel books, kind of like a Fabio. He's like a he's like a he's known he's like fumbling around but he's like this model (laughs) but yes but he wants to be taken seriously like he's like i'm i'm more than just a pretty face on a romance novel and like tries to go and save her it looks so damn funny i was laughing out loud watching this trailer and i can't wait to watch this film so highly recommend it out now you can go watch it right this second Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so honorable mentions shall we Mm-hmm. Okay, Joy. Joy do you have an honorable mention? And uh, my honorable mention is Karen Pittman. Um, you might know her recently as Dr. Nia Wallace on "And Just Like That," um, oh, yeah. or also uh, the Morning Show. And the reason I love her is she's oh, yes. she's she's relatively young. She's uh, you know forty five. Not relatively. She is young. She's forty five. Um, but I feel like things are just getting real good for her. And that's so mm-hmm. encouraging because, mm-hmm. you know, I think I shared this earlier. I had my own timeline as an actress. And when those mm-hmm. days and those years come and go, you got to start finding new role models. And so now yes. my role models are women who are like courageously still going after their dream, who are getting better every single year and who are ready to meet the opportunity. So she's my honorable mention. I love that one. You know what? That's a show that I put in the back of my mind. And just like that, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about that on this episode. And then I completely forgot. But I feel like we need an entire episode just for (laughs) it, just like that, because I have have so many thoughts. And we can just talk about it. And there's another character in speaking of and just like that. um, Maybe it's because I do love. Karen Pittman. I also like uh, Sarita Chowdhury, who plays Seema in in and just like that. Like she's also just, I'll just say, living her best life, and I'm here for it. And I don't want anybody's opinions otherwise, right? Also great in Homeland. I don't know if anybody Ooh. has watched Homeland, but yeah. she's fantastic in that. Yeah. 
Uh, real quick, I mentioned Michelle Yeoh. Um, she plays a character named Florence in Gunpowder Milkshake that I think is an underrated film. I'll just give you the, the IMDb description. Three generations of women fight back against those who could take everything from them. I'm sorry, did you say three generations of women? Mm-hmm. IMDb? Yes, they did. And Michelle Yeoh has some of the best fight scenes if you all listened to this podcast before you know i love a good fight scene um she kicks ass in this movie and it was a real tough choice because i wanted to pick her as my number one um the only reason i didn't was because there is i just wish there was more of her in this movie um so netflix please make that happen we want a show dedicated to florence from gunpowder milkshake Mm -hmm. um I love Whoopi Goldberg's Delilah in How Stella Got Her Groove Back because Mm -hmm. they just have such a sweet friendship. I mean, get you a friend like Delilah, 100%. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to talk about Grace and Frankie without Grace. So Grace Hansen, played by Jane Fonda, who actually, I love this. I read this last night that she took acting classes because she was after – Look at all her experience, all the movies and the and the shows that she's done. She was a little bit worried about how to act in this. Her character is very aggressive and blunt and to the point and take, you know, takes no prisoners kind of attitude and very sarcastic. And she wanted to figure out how she could play that in the long term for multiple shows, not just in multiple multiple seasons so i love that like talk mm. about like bettering yourself mm-hmm. i mean as if she wasn't always already learning yeah always learning i love that and then not necessarily fictional but if anybody's interested um there is a documentary on the singer sharon jones um mm. and one thing i love about sharon jones is that she talk about a second start in life um she used to be a guard at rikers prison my and god she used to sing in this in like weddings and stuff in her spare time i got introduced to her through like a friend because she was on a label that i was a music label that had bands that i like and she is just a force and this is her story Um, i think it's called introducing miss sharon jones it's her story about like I love second chances in a way, especially in this when someone's yeah. in their like 50s or 60s and like to enjoy what you said about like just starting their career and there's no shame and that doesn't mean that she failed at anything. She had lived this beautiful life and then to become this charismatic singer and I will say I met her once and she was like dynamite. She was, wow. she made me feel tall. I am not a tall person <laughs> and she couldn't have been sweeter and she bossed some guys around in the sweetest way who were probably like three times her height and I just loved it. So that's another one that's kind of just a really heartwarming, lovely watch, especially for, you know, ladies making it in the world today. Oh, I love that. Well, y'all know that I chose all four women of Golden Girls, so I'm going to keep this nice and quick. I cheated. I'm sorry. Sometimes I cheat and I can't pick. You know what I mean? It just can't do that. Um, But if you guys are watching Ozark, and I ain't going to say shit, but y'all have to give it up for the character Darlene Snell. She's batshit crazy, as they say. Played by Lisa Emery. She is terrifying Terrifying. but boy does she have an amazing character arc on this show i am 100 here for it again 
a mature, sophisticated woman aging like a fine wine. I don't know about fine wine if we would call Darlene Snell a fine wine. She is more like a moonshine, I think. Yeah, she's more like a two-buck chuck that you have in your car on a hot summer day. But... Oh, I mean her character. I mean her character. Her character. Her person. Yeah, her character. I mean her mind. Yeah, her mind. But physically, she looks great. I mean, I mean, not you know, not that that matters. But uh, boy, she's going through some crazy, crazy character arcs and storylines on this show. That guys, if you're not watching Ozark, what you doing with your life? You gotta watch Ozark. It's crazy. And the last season's out on Netflix right now it's good it's good it's getting crazy y'all so anyway Mm -hmm. that's all i had for honorable mentions because i don't need to eat up more time but joy what a joy joy this was joy to have joy bringing joy to our lives this was so fun thanks for having me y'all thanks for being here um how can the people follow you and your work um you can hit me up on the gram it's mm-hmm. at Joy Brunson, and I tell people be run son. That's how you spell it. Um, and mm-hmm. also Joy Brunson on Facebook, though I don't know what to use Facebook for anymore. But I do have Nobody it. So come Facebook holl- anymore. Oh, okay. Well, then holler at me on Instagram and my website joybrunson.com. <laughs> Love it. And again, uh, listen to her podcast, The Joy of Acting, and. Joy, we'll definitely bring you back for this either Sex and the City slash and just like that episode. I mean, I feel like this needs to happen because or, there's or so much. I think we should do like an agent, agent, nothing but a number, but Silver Fox edition. Ooh. Oh, definitely, all of the above. All of. I mean, the we did above. talk about Ernie Hudson, so there you go. Yeah, a little naughty. Oh, that's a, a little, oh. a little preview. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Joy, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, all I'm gonna say is. Thank you both for being a friend. That's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to finish it. Oh. Down the road and back again. Oh, here we go. Your heart is true. You're a paradise. See, I didn't plan it, but you guys finished it for me. <laughs> I only think about here that guy go. now. <laughs> <laughs> Which guy? The meme. Everybody, just- everybody. <laughs> <laughs> In between episodes, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Crush Fictionally. And feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally with original music by the talented Edith Mudge. Artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock. And produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. <laughs>